Let's face the truth, guys. We all have some level of ego. But my guest today, Gareth Nock, founder of the Nock Academy, shares in this episode how dads can do the necessary work needed so that they can peel back the layers of their own ego so that they can make a positive force in the lives of their families. Well, that may sound a little close to impossible. Gareth is a breathing example of a man who can let go of his ego and still be masculine in the eyes of his kids and his community. He is passionate about fitness and health and family. And on top of that, he is living his true passion and purpose while adding value to the world through the community that he's created through his Knock Academy. In this episode, you will learn how you too can become a dad with no ego and how you can still lift your family higher through strong leadership development. My conversation with Gareth Nock starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Today, I'm joined by Gareth Nock. Gareth is founder of the Nock Academy and host of the Nock Nock Who's There podcast. Gareth is a health and fitness expert who's been working with people for over 20 years in achieving their health and fitness goals, not only so that they could lose weight and build muscle, but so that they could live a life that is fit and fulfilled with their families, that they can inspire their kids to live healthy lifestyles and leave a legacy of health within their homes. Gareth has a unique background, and he's going to share his experiences to what inspired him to get into the health and fitness industry. And Gareth is going to share through those experiences how we as fathers can help teach our 9 to 12-year-old boys about healthy body image. He's also going to talk to us fathers of daughters about how we can show that we can be masculine and strong and present while leaving our ego at the door. Gareth is also going to dive into the biggest sacrifice that he's seen dads make for their kids, which ironically turned out to be the biggest win for the dad. He's also going to help you align your life decisions with your values by giving you a sneak peek into the common questions and misconceptions that dads have when it comes to fitness. And he's going to answer those questions right here on this episode so that you can walk away with actionable steps that you can take this week to move you and your family in the right direction when it comes to your health and fitness. I'm excited for you to hear from Gareth Nock today. So here we go. My conversation with Gareth Nock. Gareth, welcome to the DMD podcast, man. It's great to have you. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, Honored to be here. Excited for this conversation. So Gareth, you know, we had an opportunity to connect and I've been reading a little bit about you and listening to you. You are the host, like I said in the intro, you're the host of two podcasts. One you host, uh, it's called uh, Knock Knock Who's There, which I think is a clever play on words because you have the Knock Academy. And then the other podcast, you actually like co-host, you have a series of different hosts and you're on there and you talk about a bunch of different topics. And one of the things I've learned about you in the last week or so is that your journey isn't like everybody else's. 
Um, and I'll, I'll frame this for you. So we'll get into your background. Right now, I feel that in the world of health and fitness and in an online quote unquote influencer culture, you're seeing lots of people who were working in a gym who got into the perhaps the pandemic, I, maybe I shouldn't say that word on here, but, and then all of a sudden started an online business. And now they're telling everybody what to do online. And you're not that. And I love your story. So Gareth, why don't we start with uh, sharing your story, your background and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Well, we have to, uh, we have to go pretty far back. Uh, so I guess my, my, I would say it kind of started, you know, I had I grew up in England, uh, you know, I, my mum, my dad, my older brother, you know, early, early childhood, you know, some, some good memories and, you know, some fun times as a kid. But I'd say if we kind of fast forward into like that preteen, 10, 11, 12 years old, where I was um, just into some kind of, I guess now we could look back and say they were kind of disordered behaviors around food um, and around movement and just around kind of general habits. And yeah, I just, I stuck a whole load of weight on. I it didn't feel amazing um, in, you know, the, the body I was in at the time for, for multiple reasons. And I guess that was my, uh, the kind of start of it, if you like. So I, I, you know, I carried a lot of extra weight right through my teenage years and, you know, anyone, uh, anyone who's been a teenager, which is probably everyone listening, um, especially a teenage boy will know that that comes with its struggles. Um, right. You know, you're getting to that age where girls are starting to notice, you know, boys, or, you know, or other boys, you know, whatever, whatever your situation is. And you, you kind of, a, you're a bit of an outsider. So that's kind of where I felt. And I obviously had the, didn't have the knowledge or the, the foresight to see that as a, as something separate from my kind of value as a man. And, you know, I, I pinned a lot of that to that. And I think that followed through kind of life with me. The fortunate part of that story is that it led me into a career, inadvertently led me into a career that now is you know, a, a fundamental part of my life and, you know, my values. So it, it had its bonuses. <laughs> um, like I said, it kind of had some disordered parts to it, but yeah, it led me on that path. And, you know, I, I fell into a, into a job as a lifeguard and it was just a convenient job at the time. And they were willing to pay for me to go on some training courses. And I literally had never been on a training course or got any real qualifications or certifications in anything so and it just kind of stuck and it was just something i was going to do and then it was just something i was going to do a bit longer and then i was like i'm actually pretty good at this so uh, and 22 years later i guess uh just over that i'm i'm still here which is amazing you know to have somebody who's so committed to that industry and to serving other people who really sticks it out. You, you'll get people, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, get into the niche or that area for, you know, five to seven years and then move on to something else. But your passion for it has kept you going. Uh, can I circle back to something you just briefly shared when you're telling your story? Is you said you fell into some disordered practice when it came to like body image food exercise there's a lot of dads listening to this right now a lot of dads of sons who are probably in that nine to 12 year old range could you briefly like touch on some of those things because i'm sure there's some guys who are like oh man he mentioned that but what should i look for so i can help my son 
Yeah, I think that I think for me it was um, definitely a, a comfort. Like I've always, and still to this day, I have a joy. Like our family is, you know, we 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 revolve around, you know, what times dinner, what are we eating, where are we going at the weekend for brunch. Like it's so we're very much a food orientated family, and and I've always been that way. However, that that kind of behavior of slipping into that kind of self perpetuating story of being the fat kid. And then just continuing to eat in that pattern, right? So doing it for comfort, not feeling the way I wanted to feel in my body and not getting, you know, the, the validation, which is what I was looking for as a teenage boy from, from the opposite sex or from anyone, frankly, right? The other kids playing sports, the other boys playing sports, you know, the girls that were around that environment. So for me, it was comfort and it was eating all of those foods and having, you know, way too much dessert, way too many big portions, <laughs> things that definitely weren't supporting that. And that would be definitely something that, and I'll be completely honest, 20, you know, 20 years on plus actually 25 years plus, I'm, I still, it's still a conscious effort to not fall into those habits. Hmm, so it's 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 fully a journey so that would be the first thing i think and then the second thing to touch on that you mentioned about body image was that exercise became a tool to to not look that way and that was yeah. the second disordered thing right it was yeah. using it for, and i think that's common in our generation now and you know any dads are listening in their 30s and 40s is we've grown up with exercise as a tool to 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 lose weight or to build muscle and, and nothing else. And that is, it's kind of, that's an issue in itself. I agree. You know, one of the things I've experienced in, in my background and I'll share with the listeners, I'll share a bit with you because I hear you tell your story and I reflect upon this time. And for me, it was a little bit later. It was more in my mid twenties where I had a really unhealthy relationship with food. And I was looking at food as the tool. You mentioned exercise as the tool and they can be, you know, side by side is exercise is going to be the tool that gets me to lose the weight. Food is going to be the tool that gets me to lose the weight. And neither of them are a tool, but both of them are something that you need to prioritize if you are wanting to be healthy. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you think to a young guy who's 12 years old and here that'd be going into middle school. In middle school, kids can be tough. And so you start to look for comfort in areas of food. And you, man, I'm a comfort eater. There's no guilt around that, you know? So I think so many people are. Now, you made a shift. And I know that you started in a retail background and you were working on your feet. And then you found yourself in a position of lifeguard and they paid for your certification. What was it about that that hooked you in that got you excited to the point that 22 years later, you're still here? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I guess it's two part, the answer, because initially it was a, like I said, it was kind of a direction. It was, I was working in retail. It was traveling really far. It wasn't, it wasn't kind of fueling any kind of lifestyle that I wanted. Like it was exhausting. And anyone that's worked in retail will know that. And it, it wasn't something where I was like, I want to keep doing this. And I had some opportunities to continue at like, you know, like 18 and it just wasn't for me. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but this job is walking distance from my parents' house at the time. And it, it honestly was, again, it was fueled by ego and that kind of, you know, experience as a teenager going, Hey, but I'm going to be a lifeguard. And, and part of the hook was we're going to then train you. You're going to become a fitness instructor. You can help people. And I'm like, great. Well, that sounds really good. And I'm sure if I go and take that job and I'm in that environment, 
I'll end up jacked and then I'll get loads <laughs> of attention because I'm 18 yeah. and that's what I want is attention. Yeah. So I think that was honestly the hook. And I think if I look at it now, it might, it might sound, it might sound very ego driven, which it was. However, what I think it was, was trying to get for me was put myself in a position where this is a lifestyle. I'm not going to, I'm going to have a gym to use for free and at 18 on minimum wage. That's, that's a perk, right? Like you've got a gym to use. And then it was being around other people. Like I'd met with these people, they were fit, they were healthy, they were in shape, they were passionate. I was like, this is going to be a good place for me to end up at the time jacked, but end up living my life in a healthy way. Yeah. And when you think you said it's ego driven, and of course it is, but at 17, 18, 19, that's developmentally appropriate. Like when you think about how we develop and what drives us, that point in our life, man, 16 year old boys to 21, well, let's come on, man, 24 year old guys are in that ego driven piece. So there's no, there's, yeah, there's no shame on that, no judgment on that. But I think it, the powerful piece of it is how, it didn't stay that way for you. Yeah. Like the, it was, it was the passion of helping other people. Um, talking about development, if I do my math, right, I know you are a father of a beautiful five-year-old girl. And if you've been doing this for 22 years, that means for 17, you were just cruising as, you know, either a single guy or married guy doing this work. And then you became a father. And so my question for you is, did you notice in yourself a differing perspective of when you weren't a dad to when you were a dad, when you're doing the same work. Yeah. hundred percent. Because I believe that you have a, you have a career driven, a purpose driven approach to things. So, and I would say, you know, going back to the ego thing, I would, it's been a couple of years since I've really connected to that. So you say 25, like I say 35 and beyond, like I'm 40 coming up 41 and only in the last few years. And I would say becoming a dad is part of that is I think you start to shift away from that because you become a bit more, you become a bit more, I don't know, is it, is it more macro? I think it is more macro, but it's still very, still very direct in your focus, but it becomes more about the bigger picture, the family. Yeah. And, and for me, that's where it shifted because once I got to kind of 35, I'd been through this this journey. And you know, I was so fortunate that I got lots of great opportunities in my 20s. I went around the world presenting fitness, working for huge companies. And, and, and that was ego, to be quite honest, to go from this like fat kid that no one liked to being on stage in front of thousands of people and being that person like, this is like cream of the crop. This is the, the best, right? You're presenting it on the best stages at the best fitness conferences. And, and it's all still driving that ego because you're doing it. Yes, I do it because I enjoy to help people and I'm passionate about that. But it's also great to get up on stage and be in that position, especially for someone that has struggled with that kind of self-image and self-belief. And for me, very introverted naturally. So it was somewhere where I could really belong and let that extroverted side out because I felt like I belonged and I was given this validation that you're good at what you do. And I think it would, that drove me up until, up until, you know, my daughter was born and, and then it started to become about the unit of our family. And that's where my purpose, it didn't completely shift, but it grew. Yeah. 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 You know, you have a daughter and in our a previous conversation, we had, you question masculinity and we're, you voice a, a passion about reframing masculinity as it comes to being a dad. Um, we'll stay on the health, the health side of it and the fitness side of it, but I wanted to take a moment to hear what 
you have to say about being a dad of a five-year-old girl? Because we, hey, we, we talk to the guys who have sons right now. Hey, we, nine to 12-year-old sons, what, t- what tips can we get? What can they look for? Uh, but to the, the dads of young girls out there uh, who want to be healthy, who want to be a masculine, present father, like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, from my, from my brief experience um, as a dad of a, you know, a daughter is they need you, they need you there and they need you there with no ego and they need you there with no, you know, limitations and restrictions that have been put on us growing up as men. And, and a lot of that, you know, we've heard about a lot of where that came from for me anyway. And I'm sure that resonates with a lot of people is you have to step away from that. You have to be be able to be involved like they're only small for a long time and you get to imprint hopefully so many great things on them but there's also a lot that you can imprint on them and you know and 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 we're talking you know let's talk in general terms you know my my daughter grows up and she goes into a relationship with someone of the opposite sex I'm the first person that is that role model for who that's going to be and what that experience is going to be like the how I treat my wife and her mom in front of her how I talk how I engage myself in the non-typical masculine things about being a dad which I know a lot of dads struggle with even with you know maybe our generation and you know I'm okay with painting my nails I'm okay with dressing up I'm okay with doing these things that and it doesn't bother me that it's almost a it's almost a nice permission to be able to just do those things and say hey what I can go out with my nails painted I can go out with my you know my princess sticker on my shirt like it that doesn't phase me and that's where that kind of ego got dropped so i think you know my my thoughts on it are is you just have to drop all of your ego and be as vulnerable as you possibly can be and keep growing to become more vulnerable so you can be there in every capacity because daughters need their dads in that capacity you know it isn't mums are it's not just mums that can brush hair and paint nails like we can do it too yeah i love it you know one of the things i had to learn on my own I'm glad you reinforced this because I struggled with that a little bit at first. Like, oh, am I supposed to paint my nails? My and I was like, yeah, of course. Like, my daughter wants to paint my nails and have a tea party and play princesses and wants me to braid her hair. And I, then she'd get mad at me because I was no good at it. And and then I got better at it. And it was like this whole new skill set. And every step along the way, you know, my daughter's ten now, but every step along the way, it's like I get a little bit uncomfortable with something that she's challenging me with. And then I grow and a little bit more uncomfortable. And then I grow the same way you would follow a training plan in the gym where you need to push your body to discomfort. You recalibrate and there's like that whole, you know, progress, recalibration, progress, recalibration, the same as, as a dad. And you mentioned, and I have to lift you up a little bit here. You mentioned in your limited experience, you know, five years is a lot of experience with a little one. So don't sell yourself short there. I remember back to those first five years and man, what a whirlwind they were. So yeah. And, and from what I hear uh, in your story and on your podcast, man, you're doing an awesome job. So. Well, yeah. I appreciate so, that. That, um, that means a lot. And it's always nice to hear that, you know, others are going through that same experience of growth, right? Like we're not alone in that journey. And there's, there's many other, although we speak often to maybe leverage that permission for other dads, it's also nice to hear that other people are doing those things because that's, that's empowering in itself. And it is a, it is a extremely powerful journey and I'm sure it will continue to be that way. 
I want to ask you a, a tough question. Can I can absolutely I hit you with one here? Yeah. A lot of the times when a guy comes on a podcast, he shares about all these great things, right? How his family's growing, things he's learned, what he's excited about. And we talked about masculinity a bit. But I want to ask you, like, your daughter's five. What is the hardest thing that you've had to navigate or something you've had to sacrifice um, being a dad that you didn't have to navigate before? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really great question. I would say there are probably many things. However, I think sacrifice is an interesting word. Mm. And, and I say that because when I, the initial thing that shoots in my head and I, I could sit and mull this over and, you know, think about it a bit deeper, but the initial thing that came into my head was my, and I'm going to say career and I'll explain that in more detail, but my career and my position and my title and my name tag, and I'll state it like that. However, some, I guess in the moment you see it as a sacrifice and then you when you look back, maybe on reflection, you see that it's not necessarily a sacrifice. Um, and it would actually be a sacrifice. It was the other way. And what I mean by that is I now run an online fitness platform, but prior to running that, and when my daughter was born, I was working in a leadership role for a big fitness company, which I absolutely adored. I was in, you know, I was basically coaching other coaches. I was, I still had that pedestal that I spoke about earlier. It was in this power empowering position where i could not just influence people with their health and fitness but i can influence this trainer this coach this person that's working in fitness and they've got 10 20 30 40 50 clients so the ripple effect of that is is massive and it nothing like nothing drags your ass out of bed in the morning quicker than that like knowing that you have that effect over so many people and it was something i was really passionate about and what I would say is the initial sacrifice, quote unquote, that came up for me was stepping away from that to start a business that comes with all its own challenges, but starting a business where I could be more present as a dad, where I could be with my daughter more often. She was growing. She was very conscious of how much I was there and the time we spent together at this point, she was four, uh, three and a half, four. So it, it was it was empowering to to know that I could be there, that I could drop her off at school every day, that I could be, you know, pick her up from school. We could spend time together. And on another note, I think as men, we, we typically, we typically thrive on that satisfaction of, of being a, a bit of a provider or creating this support. So for me, I chose to do that in a way of saying, Hey, my wife never has to worry about that stuff. Can she take her to school sometimes? Yeah. Can she pick her up some days? Yeah, she does. Is she there to play and do stuff? Yes. But she never has to, because I'm always available to do it. And I think that was the biggest sacrifice. And it, it, I'll share, um, I'll try and make it brief. I'll share a quick story that's really empowering because when I made the decision to step away from that job, I actually asked my three coming on four-year-old what she wanted me to do. And I think some people are shocked by that because they, I, I believe that people want to think, you know, are they really smart enough, intelligent enough, connected enough to, to give you an answer is what you should do for a job. Like who's really going to go choose a job based on what a four-year-old says. But I just had a conversation and, and said, you know, you, you know what? And at the time I was just coaching a little bit, like, you know, part-time at home, it was COVID. And I just said, you know what I do now for my job? And she went, yeah, you go in the basement and you coach your clients and then you come upstairs and you play with me and da, da, da which was basically what it was in her words. And then I said, do you remember what I did before? And she said, yeah, you, you, you went, you go to the gym and then you'd, you'd go, you'd travel and then you'd call me on the phone and you'd sing me songs at night. And I was like, great. I was like, so you remember? Um, and I said, what do you want me to do? 
And obviously <laughs> she said, I want you to be home and I want you to play with me. And I want you just to go downstairs and, you know, there's no travel and there's, and that was it. And I literally, I think I was on the phone a couple of days later, you know, telling him I was moving on to do something that aligned better with my values. So that was my biggest sacrifice or my biggest win, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Perspective, right? It's, it's what am I sacrificing, but it's sacrificing just moving on a different season and it is the biggest win. Uh, you mentioned aligning with your values. I'm always curious, what filter do you use when you're making decisions that impact you, your business, your family? Like, what is that top priority for you? Uh, what kind of person, and it's a question, I guess, a filter stroke question. What kind of person do I want to be? Hmm. Or what kind of person am I? What kind of person do I want to be more of? Um, you know, or how do I, how do I just accelerate that and, you know, build on that? And that's honestly my, I always struggle with that question, but it, it, you know, it's, you know, what are my values and how do I feel that? That's it. And, and I guess you can break it down to what kind of business owner do I want to be? What kind of parent do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of friend do I want to be? And when I look back at like, is this serving me to become that, you know, that best version of a parent or that best version of a business owner? And, you know, and a lot of the time it's, it's uh it's less it's less responsibility it's less job title it's less money um because running a business is not easy and it's also not a, a quick buck either um so yeah sometimes it's less but what i gain is more of becoming that person and you know and, and or moving more towards that person that i want to be so if that's your filter and you want to become a better person you know you you mentioned you've spoken on stage um you work with people online and in person and you work with men and women. But recently on the Knock Knock Who's There podcast, you did an episode of the common questions that you get. And so still with that framing of, you know, aligning with your values and you want to be better. What are some of the questions that men come to you with? Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Oh, good question. Good question. Uh, I guess what are the most common ones? I mean, there's obviously thousands uh, over the years. I would say right now it is typically geared around the initial, the initial engagement of the conversation is typically going to be around weight loss and muscle gain. Like, and it, 
and it will initially be, you know, I just want to put on a little bit of muscle, you know, shift my shape. Um, I want to lose some body fat. I want to feel a little bit healthier. And, you know, as you'll know, Cam, and I'm sure a lot of people that have been through this process of being coached or worked on a goal is that we, we typically lean on, I think, what the media and society suggests that we should be working on. Um, but I guess those questions, I, <laughs> the most typical questions I get asked or the most typical questions that I ask back, which is why? Hmm. And that's even more powerful. So it always comes in. The, it's again, it's a filter, right? It comes in as those initial questions. It's aesthetic stuff. But then when you dig into it, it's more than that, right? Like I want to lose my belly fat because I'm going to feel a bit healthier and I can run around with my kids or I can, or I feel a bit more comfortable to take my shirt off and get in the pool. So when you dig in, it's, it's a bit deeper than that. But I think that's what most people will come with. I think secondary to that would be energy, which again is linked, right? Like how do I improve my energy? How do I get through this day with a five-year-old? And I've got a very extroverted, very high energy five-year-old. So I get it. Um, and that's definitely the, the follow-up question or the other thing I get asked the most. Yeah. That, that idea of knowing your why, I think is such an important piece for personal growth. I love that you ask people that. Uh, one of the things I came across, I can't remember what book it is, but we'll put in the show notes when I remember, but was the five layers of why. So if somebody responds, you ask them why, and then they give you a response. And then you ask them why again. And then why again? And then why again? And it gets to this point where now it's opening up vulnerability and honesty. And it really gets to that root of why they want to lose weight, want to sleep better, have more energy, you know, manage stress differently, whatever it might be. Uh, I know for you, you want to help men be active and present with their kids and to be those active dads. And so as you continue to do that, what are some things maybe right now that you're seeing media, social media? I don't know if we get print media anymore, to be honest with you, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Oh, sure. There's magazines, hey, with the, yeah. the really ripped guys on the front that people are picking up for the magical workout. Uh, what message do you have for the people who are leaning into media sources, trying to find some direction in their health? <laughs> I mean, I'll start with, I think we have to be, we have to be vulnerable. You said it already. You kind of answered it, I think. And, you know, that, that hit me for sure is we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be vulnerable enough. So if you are out there looking is make sure you're looking through the right lens. Like when you're looking out there and you're seeing, you know, the ripped fitness model is, is that, you know, that, that's what I would, you know, we talk about nutrition. I do a lot of nutrition coaching. Um, we talk about level of clients, like that's a level three client. Like that's 0.0.0.1% of people. Yeah. You, you trust me, trust me. You don't want that. Most people yeah. don't want that. They're right? miserable. They're miserable. Right. But they're, you know, they're getting paid. <laughs> right. It's plenty of people miserable in their jobs. That's how I look at it. Right. They can be miserable and, you know, it, you know, eating chicken and broccoli every day for every meal. It, it, but that's a that's a totally different breed. That's professional athletes. And so when you look at those people is, are we looking through the right lens? Are we understanding why? So when you look at that and think, oh, that'd be great. I think that's what I want. I want to lose some belly fat. I want to get ripped. It starts, I said, why do you want to do that? Like, why is it important to you? Mm-hmm. And then dig in and ask those five whys. And I love that. And, and I can't actually, um, I think it, Simon Sinek, maybe. Um, maybe, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when we dig down there. So I think for anyone listening that's looking at that stuff is, um, 
is look through that lens and be vulnerable enough to take down those barriers if I just want to get fit. And then when you maybe approach a coach or a professional is just drop the barriers. Like it just, it speeds things up. Like don't come to us with, well, I just want to, just want to lose fat because I just want to get fit because it doesn't mean anything to us and we can't work with that. So that is what I would say. And I would say filter the media that you are exposed yourself to. And, you know, I have a phrase that we talk about a lot on the Start Talking podcast, which is surround yourself. And that's very much geared around the people we surround ourselves with because it helps us with our growth and it helps us with how we view the world. But it's also surrounding yourself with the right types of media and surrounding yourself with what you are viewing and taking in and, you know, what you're filtering out. So just be aware of that. Like you got to find something that speaks to you. So that's really, really important. And, and for, the, for anyone listening that's in the health and fitness world, when we look at those sources and the stuff you're putting out there is, let's start talking more about the lives that we save and change and less about the bodies that we sculpt and shape or whatever that messaging is historically. Oh, I love been, that. Right? Yeah, I love that. The lives you, you save and you change. I yeah. love that. You know, because people come to you and that's why they come to you, right? They come to you so you can trans help them transform their life. Uh, I, was, I almost had a slip of the tongue. I almost said they come to you so you can transform their life, but that's not the case. You help them, you know, acquire the skills and the knowledge and the passion uh, and motivation. And we're going to get there in a second. Motivation to transform their life. Uh the reason I pause on motivation is because you have a really cool view of motivation and being motivated. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about your thoughts on someone who's coming to you or another coach and say, I just need you to motivate me. Yeah. Um, it's fake. Motivation's fake. Really? I mean, for the most part, it, and I say that and it's not, that's kind of a, I released a podcast that was called motivation is fake and it was totally clickbait um, because it's not technically fake because it does, but it is there. And there's that initial like gap and go, I'm going to do this. It's Monday. It's January 1st. It's whatever it is. It's 12 weeks before my vacation. So there is some, uh, there's a, there's something that gives us that jump start and that kickstart. So if you want to talk about that as being motivation, great. But as you can hear from what I just said, it's short-lived because where do they end normally? Probably before the 12 weeks is up before the vacation or by March 1st. Yeah. So that initial kind of, I want to do this, that inspiration to do something can, can get us going to a point. However, nobody is motivated all the time. No one, not me, uh, not, you know, the professional not athlete me. I was talking about earlier. You know, yeah. I'm like nobody. So it, you have to, again we go back to why you have to understand why and you have to just figure out from that why what are the things that you're going to be able to do those minimal daily things that you can just show up to and it, this it leans heavily into something else when we when we talk about motivation i believe it comes from a place of the all or nothing mentality or the all or nothing mindset and funny enough, not that I'm constantly trying to plug my podcast episodes, but the episode I released today um, is all about that. It's all about the all or nothing mindset. And I think when we're in that, we're like, well, I have to be motivated because it's all or nothing. And if I'm not motivated on Thursday, but I was on Monday, then I failed. Right. Shocker, everyone. That's not how it works. Because if you do that and you, you, know, you miss two workouts Thursday and Friday and you, you, you know, your nutrition's off, you still got three days where you did it really well. And guess what? Multiply that over the year. You've got a hundred days where you worked out and you ate well or 200 days or whatever it might be. 
and we're focusing on the other things. We're focusing on the nothing, right? And we're not celebrating. We're getting drawn down with that negativity around the failures and the losses rather than the wins. And I think that feeds us into that all or nothing. And in my experience and having coached thousands of people, some women are in the all or nothing mentality, but mainly it's male clients in my experience that are in that mindset. We're in that all or nothing. And it has to be, it has to be a hundred day get ripped challenge. It can't be, I'm just going to be consistent. I'm going to try and move every day for 20 minutes in some capacity. I'm just going to do this because it's going to make me feel good. It's going to make me show up as a good parent. It's going to help me sleep. And, and that's not a typical male ego, masculine approach, if you like. Yeah. Well, we look how circle back to media for a second, how guys are marketed to, you know, <laughs> like you said, the six week summer shred or the get six pack abs in two weeks, eight minute abs, you know, like those types of things. Uh, it's place the vanity a bit, place that ego. But I love that you said you can't be all in because it's all in or nothing and people fall off. Um, I'm a firm believer in 1% mindset and committing to 1%. And, you know, every step forward is a step forward. Yeah. And, uh, and if, if you happen to stumble a little bit, you get back up. Think about when your daughter was learning to walk. You know, it wasn't like a stand up, got it right away. It was a stand up, fall down, a little bit of couch surfing, fall down. But for every step forward, that process grew until the point where one day I'm sure you and your wife were there and you're like, Holy cow, she's walking. Look at this. And you celebrate it. Right. And at no point did she ever think that, Oh, I can't do that today. I'm just going to give up on my, on my goal. Right. She didn't yeah. even know. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah. It's uh, so true. And it makes me think, cause people will come back to that, right? Like I've got to be all into something. I'm not all in. And my retort to that is great. You know, you can be all in on be all in on being consistent. Love it. Yeah. You can be all in. Just yeah. be committed to, you know, be committed to failing that, yeah. and, and understand that that's going to happen. Um, Gareth, why don't you share with us a little bit, you know, we talked about briefly the two podcasts, but about Knock Academy, because you have Knock Academy and that's your online and in-person process. Tell us a, a bit about Knock Academy. Yeah. So this was born out of, as you heard, the uh, the initial story. But to expand a little bit, it wasn't just uh, it wasn't quite as clear cut as that. But obviously, we had the pandemic. Um, I'd been in a in a role that you know I really loved, but it had changed a lot. And my wife actually got a new job. She was one of the uh, the uh, the hardworking few that managed to um, navigate away into an incredible opportunity that was thriving through through COVID. And and with that kind of came that realization. And I think a lot of the time in, in relationships, uh, you know, partnerships, you, you, one is, one is accelerating quickly. Sometimes the other kind of has to sit still a bit and you kind of take it in turns and, and our 15 plus years has been a lot like that. So I thought maybe this is time for a bit of a change. I was leaning away a little bit from what I was doing. So we started this online business and we wanted to build something that was community driven, that had interactive live and empowering and empowering coaching model there are lots of people working one-on-one -on -one with clients and i think that can be really powerful in an online capacity especially when it comes to like behavioral nutrition lifestyle coaching which we are which is part of our platform but when it came to group stuff it was either you had one-on-one -on -one coach which a lot of people don't want or it's a price point that's not suitable for them or it was group-based fitness so it was i'm gonna do a zoom room I'm going to do the workout here in my space and you're going to follow. So it's a follow along workout. 
big fan of that. Definitely a place for it. There's also a lot of it and there's a massive market and lots of competition. So what I like to kind of share, and it's hard when you have an online business to sometimes create a picture of what it is, but um, think of the midpoint of that. Take that personal training experience where you're getting coached individually. There's lots of interactive feedback. There's question asking. There's heaps of modifications and reactive coaching based on what the coach is seeing in the moment. We do that. We just do it with small groups of people and they are typically busy parents like myself and my wife and, and yourself cam that want to move more want to feel great and need something convenient that suits their lifestyle so yes yeah, so we built this platform we have a studio right here in our house we stream everything um, live and interactive so we have a huge coaching stream so think about your your zoom room and your zoom meeting that you've probably been on in the last three years with those 20 squares in there or 10 squares with everyone <laughs> yeah. just think of that blown up like five times the size in our basement and that's where we coach from so we have this accessible place where i can actually see what everyone's doing we have a a camera on for feedback kind of policy and not that it's super strict some people don't want to be on but most people are there they're on we can see them we can navigate it and we can truly enhance the experience because as i said there's already lots of follow along workouts and let's be honest anybody can go on youtube and get a million hits for online workouts so they're out there but there's a reason people aren't doing them and it's typically that accountability piece right in that community so yeah we run a live schedule so i went off topic a bit a little bit there i went on a passionate rant um it's it's an online platform we host about 15 sessions a week myself my wife nikki uh, our coaches that we also that you know subcontract for us they come on and they coach from cool places like the states and out on the east coast of canada and all over and then, yeah, we run a schedule and it's a very modulated schedule where we have kind of quietly, if any of our members are listening, you've now found out, I'm quietly forcing people into a certain direction with their coaching and their their participation. So it's, you know, mobility work and stuff that really supports it, yoga, Pilates, all woven in with their strength training and you know, everything else that you can do from home. And then on top of that, we do one-on-one mobility work, one-on-one nutrition lifestyle coaching, which all kind of supports that. Yeah. for our community that's awesome and you know we're recording this near the tail end of august but this this fall by the time this comes out in september this fall you're working on something exciting what do you have coming up yeah so the yeah the nutritional lifestyle what basically happened was we look we've been playing around with some kind of uh, higher higher ticket kind of options for coaching within our membership and we kind of looked at what people wanted more of and we found that actually we failed with a few things we put a few products out that didn't work and then what we probably should have done first was ask the question and we did it after and we found out that people really wanted a bit more nutrition and lifestyle support so we launched a nutrition lifestyle one-on-one and group-based coaching model that um is going to be uh, to be confirmed um date in september um so yeah we'll be uh, we're putting all the pieces together on that right now and um i as i did in the middle of the summer with vacations and conferences to present at and all the other things on my plate decided that i'd go uh, go and do some study so i've been deep in that um <laughs> recently um so we can get this product launched and just kind of upskill myself uh before we do that so yeah it's going to be out uh, by the end of september and just looking to take that that base of people and others as well that are out there in the kind of floating around in the world that want some nutrition and lifestyle support and how to kind of build that especially busy parents that want to kind of how do i navigate this when i got small kids running around and bedtimes and my schedule's erratic how do i build nutrition and lifestyle that helps me feel my best and perform my best yeah excellent 
Uh, you mentioned you got back into study and that's something you dove into, which leads me to my next question. You know, as you grow right now as a father and as a professional and you build your business, what's one area of growth right now that you're excited about? Yeah, it's it's this and it's something that um, I think, you know, studying nutrition and behavioral coaching is is something that you know, I really, really kind of dived into it. And ironically enough, when you learn behavioral coaching um, and you're learning it from the coach end, you realize that this is how you study. And people are like, how did you get through that coursework so quickly? I'm like, well, the first chapter is about <laughs> behavioral change and how you how you build habit. And then when you're like, oh yeah, I get it. And then I'm like, oh, this is how I'm going to get through this yeah. and get it done in a short amount of time. There was Still a bit of a deadline, it. right? So um, that really helped. And yeah, just it, it's for me finding something that allows me to continue on this passion but also as anyone's been doing anything for 20 plus years will realize that coaching has it there's a sweet spot of how much you want to do in a group-based environment that i'm used to doing and where's the sweet spot before you're like don't really feel like this on the 8th 9th 10th 20th session of the week and as soon as you start to feel that that's a great cue to say i need to back off a little so handing off some coaching to our other coaches and just building this product out and, and having this ability to really impact those other parents that are like, how do I figure out this nutrition? Like it's like a whirlwind already. How do I fit this in? So I'm really passionate about growing my knowledge as a coach in that and really helping people with that behavioral lifestyle stuff. And it's helping me. It's helping me as a person. It's helping me as a dad. It's helping me see some of my gaps as well. Um, and I think outside of that is just how it's going to grow the business. Cause that's what I'm excited about. I'm, you know, I'm, I've got my foot gently on the accelerator. Um, and I'm being very mindful that there was reasons I did this. So I want to be sure not to burn myself out and never be in a position where I have to be less present as a parent. So I really want to grow as a parent in that capacity and be around as much as I can until my daughter says, um, you're, you suck and I don't want to hang out with you anymore. So let's try and <laughs> let's try and get there in the best manner possible. Yeah. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So Garrett, if someone's listening to this, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me probably the best places, two places I'll head over to our website, which is the knockacademy.com. Uh, and it's N O C K no K at the beginning. Yes. I've been spelling that my entire life to everyone. And then on Instagram, you can find us at the Knock Academy, which is where predominantly we do most of our kind of connections, outreaches, kind of networking uh, through that platform and where we're posting heaps of free content. So you'll find our podcast, you'll find free daily kind of informational reels and, and, and cool stuff that we're just putting out there to support everybody away from our premium platform that obviously we'd love everyone to come and join us on. But there's plenty of content out there to just impact your life as well. Excellent. Gareth. I appreciate you, man. I love the conversation and learn more about you. And I know you brought tons of value to anybody who's listening to this. Um, man, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you, Cam. It's been a pleasure. And I just want to share some gratitude for creating a space where others can come on and just freely share. Like you just did such a great job of that. And, you know, having listened to some of the stuff that you do. Um, I was no doubt that was going to happen. So I just appreciate it as a podcaster. I, I get it. And, uh, you know, it is a, it is a hard job sometimes to create that and uh, you do it so naturally. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the dad's making a difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. 
And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.